0: Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Tuesday, September 14th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the gulf between moderates and progressives on Joe Biden's agenda is widening. Number two, you've got the latest on reconciliation. And number three, Secretary of State Antony Blinken is back on the hot seat today. All right, Jake, let's get into it. We have been talking about this divide in the Democratic Party for quite a while between the moderates and the progressives. But it's actually starting to potentially have an impact on Joe Biden's agenda and actually passing some of these big ticket items that they are counting on before the end of the year.
1: Yeah, I'd say a few things here. Number one, um, we t- we spoke yesterday to um, a-, a bunch of people, but most notably um, uh, Bernie Sanders and John Tester. Uh, two things to note here: John Tester said he wants 100 percent of the three and a half trillion dollar inf- uh, reconciliation package paid for. Uh, that's not happening right now um, in any way, shape, or form. Um, now, listen, he—I would imagine that he could walk that back or whatever but um it just shows that that moderates are in a different place than progressives on this and then most notably bernie sanders said to us yesterday and and he's been very upfront about this and very um very uh, uh firm about uh, in his belief uh that the reconciliation bill should be no less than three and a half trillion dollars. Now we've been over this a million times. Joe Manchin is not for, not at all, for a uh three and a half trillion dollar bill. Says he won't vote for it. Kirsten Kyr- Cinema says the same thing, but. Um, You know, it's the rubbers meeting the road now. And um, I I just think that every day that goes on and we're going to be covering this um, uh, intensively that every day that goes on, we see a bigger kind of gulf, a bigger gap between those two sides in um, uh, uh, when it comes to the price tag and uh, the road to getting to the end of the reconciliation process.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that's very instructive here, though, is we, we've, we talk a lot about Joe Manchin, right? The media in particular is, you know, laser focused on him, and, and rightfully so. He is clearly the tip of the spear for moderates. But what I think is interesting when you get a man like John Tester, the Democrat from Montana, uh, you also see that it's not just Joe Manchin who is out there on his own saying 3.5 trillion or 3 trillion is too much, right? There are other Senate Democrats who are very squarely in that same camp, uh, that have issues in terms of, they just don't want to blow up the deficit more than it already is. And they want to find ways to try to force this package to be as small, you know, smaller than where a lot of the progressives are.
1: Yeah. and, And, and that's, and, and remember, uh, uh, three seat majority in the House, uh, zero seat majority in the Senate, and um, uh, again, that's the government that uh, that Joe Biden has, the go- government that Democrats have, and and uh, one they have to contend with.
0: All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning, the endgame for reconciliation. We are projecting a bit uh, in today's Punchbowl News AM about the endgame for Democrats' $3.5 trillion reconciliation package. Uh, This might not be something that Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer uh, enjoy, but we have a lot of thoughts about how things are potentially finishing up.
1: Yeah, so um, uh, a lot to go over here. We'll keep it brief. I don't want, we don't want to um, uh, go over everything here. You could, you should, and w- could, and and must subscribe to Punchable News at punchbowl.news. Um So I guess the main the main crux of what we're trying to say here this morning is how does does Nancy Pelosi hold try to pa- first of all does she try to pass this bill. And then hold on to it until she has a deal with Senate Democrats about what the bill will look like. So that that's the big question here, because she says she's going to pass this thing by September 20, um, basically by by the end of, of the month, um, in addition to the infrastructure package. And and keep in mind, the House, the House is not even back in session yet. Uh, they come back into session uh, uh, a week from yesterday. So next Monday. Um so I, I, that's the main crux of what we're trying to say here is is how do how does Nancy Pelosi how do they balance this this um, uh, difficult scenario in which she's going to have to pass a reconciliation package at three and a half trillion dollars and then Senate Democrats are not really for it. So um, that becomes really tricky for Pelosi and for House Democrats and for Senate Democrats and for the prospects of Joe Biden's uh, uh, package. And and, and remember, I, we think. I mean, based on our reporting at this point, and we're not going over in infra- the um, government funding today. Government funding is a is a, uh, a, a
0: looming mess. a looming issue for for everybody yeah, in yeah, Washington here. Exactly,
1: a gigantic mess. Um, but. Uh, we think that reconciliation could go into November. It could go into November, and December. It could be a year- end proposition, something you and I and and Brez have been saying for some time here uh, could could be uh, could could last a while. So anyway, that's how we see that that playing out.
0: One of the things I think is important, so uh, where you look at kind of reading the tea leaves, which is what we're doing, we're we're looking at people's body language, we're looking at just the substance, what they have to do to get it done in terms of the sequencing, in terms of the timing for committees. You know, the House has been working through its package. We've been, you know, kind of watching that very closely last night in Punchbowl News PM for our premium members. They got some news just about how tough it is uh, around some of these um, provisions around uh, drug pricing and some of the issues where the moderates are really having uh, some issues there. But I do think Pelosi, she sent a dear colleague out last night, praising her committees for finishing their work by that September 15th deadline. But what was interesting to me is this counseling of patience and unity. I mean, she is really trying to shepherd this massive, massive package with deep divisions as we as we talked about at the top between progressives and moderates, but is trying to keep her members in line. And I think she knows she needs to because once they come back, they're going to be peppered every day by by us and by others about where they are on this bill. And are they going to vote for it and what's going to happen and the sequencing? And so you see her trying to kind of shore up support within the caucus, even before they come back
1: that's right and um just it's not gonna be um uh this is going to be the there's just gonna be a lot of um how do how do how do i say this gently there's gonna be a lot of anxiety and angst about just what the the end game is here
0: um so uh stay tuned All right. And let's move on to the number three story of the morning. Afghanistan. Senate Democrats are readying a defense for Secretary of State Antony Blinken. Uh, You know, he was up on Capitol Hill yesterday. He testified about the chaotic U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, Jake. And it was not Pretty to say the least. I mean, the headlines alone from yesterday in the roundup that we provided and looked at, you know, goes everything from, you know, Reuters saying Blinken defends Afghan withdrawal at testy U.S. congressional hearing to the Post headline saying Blinken clashes with Republican lawmakers over Afghanistan withdrawal. Unlikely that round two is going to be uh, any less hostile because this morning he'll be up in front of the Senate.
1: Yeah, that's right. I, if I think that um, here's what's what's worth pointing out here for us is is two things. Number number one, to me, the most most notable thing was what Chris Murphy, senator from Connecticut, Democratic senator from Connecticut, said to me and Brez last night, which is uh, the exact quote is. Um, well, let me wait while I pull it up here.
0: He's a connective Just so everybody knows, Jake says that that is a real world. I'm, I'm still skeptical. Yeah, well, I've I, i I've been saying it for years, so I hope it's real. Democrat.
1: Hey, this is uh, Chris Murphy to uh, Brez and I last night. Democrats sort of reluctance to defend the administration is a gift to Republicans and war cheerleaders who want this country to forget about the disaster of the last two decades that's chris murphy to us last night um and then there's marco rubio um who 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 said that uh, he hopes that Lincoln doesn't try to spin, that the intelligence didn't support a chaotic withdrawal. So I think you're going to see a little bit more, a little bit harsher of a tone here from um, from Senate Republicans than you saw from House Republicans, at least because Senate Republicans are much more focused on foreign policy than House Republicans are just by dint of um, their responsibility in the Senate. Um, uh, and they're just they're just much deeper into the foreign policy realm.
0: All right, something to watch today. Also, a reminder that it is California's gubernatorial recall election tonight. Uh, There is plenty of great reporting on the ground in the Golden State. And as always, we try to throw our colleagues some love. So we always suggest a subscription to the LA Times and a follow of Politico's Carla Marinucci and Jeremy White, as well as the Post's David Weigel and, of course, the LA Times' Mark Baraback. They have got you covered on what is happening there. We will be reading them all. night tonight. And with that, thank you so much for listening. Please leave us a rating and review. You could also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.